Okay guys, let's get started. So a massive welcome to everybody who's joining us on Facebook and joining us um, here today. We are on our sixth webinar today. This is our sixth webinar which we started back out in April, um, really at the beginning of the pandemic. And the reason that we started these webinars was to look at lifting the lid on how different industries have been overcoming and rising to the challenges and opportunities brought to us by the COVID pandemic. So again, a big welcome to everyone. This will be available on YouTube and you'll be able to catch it on our podcast as well. So today's webinar is looking at the recruitment industry. And COVID-19 has really pushed this sector into a digital new world with teams that are onboarding new stances remotely and fully virtual recruitment processes from start to finish. So we wanted to find out how a company is able to source the best talent in these times when there are no recruitment fairs and no face-to-face gut feeling. How are companies ensuring that there is a diverse talent pool to choose from? And how do you source the best talent in today's digital age and this new normal? What's next in recruitment? So today's webinar is a really fantastic one. Thank you. 
major changes that you've had to make? I mean, how much of what you were doing was digital before the crisis? Dan. Yeah, so um, a lot of our attract. Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, a lot of... Sorry, it's a bit of a delay. Uh, a lot of our um, attraction um, uh, activity was quite digital focused before um, COVID came around um, in terms of our presence on, on social, our, our digital interactions, um, programmatic ads um, and online events and webinars. So um, we probably didn't see too much of a swing or change since March. Um, we've probably just done a little bit more of that because of the restrictions and doing things face to face. I think where the biggest changes for us has been in the assessment selection piece. Um, we were doing digital interviewing um, and it was the assessment centre which was normally face-to-face that's now become digital. Um, and that's been the most significant change for us in that transition that happened in March. Interestingly, some of those students were familiar, particularly in the graduate recruitment space, uh, with Teams because the universities were using Microsoft Teams as part of their lecture delivery as well. Um, so it was quite testing because of the timeframes, um, but we've um, continually sort of looked to um, have a second iteration of our Microsoft Teams delivery since then. Um, and I'll come back and talk about Microsoft Teams a little bit more depth later on.
traits moving to virtual have gone up to 98% that assessment centres, um, which has created some, some great efficiencies and obviously means that our, our hiring rates are that little bit higher um, over the course of the year. Um, we found that their response rates to completing digital interviews um, through through HireVue um, had actually dropped in terms of an average day response. So I think we saved at least one day um, for every candidate on average um, by the time they responded and completed the actual digital interview. So if you're recruiting on volume, that one day extra in terms of time to hire can, can make you know, a, a good efficiency difference. Um, I think our, what we noticed as well is our registration of interest pools have, have gone through the roof um, as well organically. Um, it seems like that younger generation in particular that, that I work with um, are much more um, aware of what is out there now um, than perhaps maybe in the last year, five years. Um, that might be helped through digital platforms, social media, more, more content that they're available to, to access and engage with. Um, but I think from a mindset perspective, that young audience are much more aware of kind of the news, um, how, you know, sort of the current climate and, and politics, etc., affect their future. And they're probably a little bit more, more engaged and maybe want to have more control over what their next educational, further educational, or, or sort of first job or experiences would be. Um, and I think um, digital allows us as employers, but also the individuals to have much more frequent, less time-consuming and probably more rich conversations than we would have had to have on campus or in, the, in schools. Um, there is a caveat to that, that obviously beats face-to-face, but if you balance that out with um, social mobility, um, barriers being, being slightly removed, uh, being able to perhaps have more people working remotely offers, offers opportunities into cold spots as well. So there's kind of these these pros and cons really with, with us having to transition towards more digital rather than just going from face-to-face to digital. Um, but um, I think what we found, and there were some stats we were going to share, uh, I think... Um, uh, a bit later about how receptive our younger audience have been to a digital process. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's really interesting to hear from, obviously, um, the recruiter side, which, which is what we're hearing from, from everybody that's on this, this call. But you guys did a survey, which was actually going out to the candidates. I mean, tell us a bit about the survey and, 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 and really the results of that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we, we went out to both um, our candidates that have been through our process, but also um, had been involved in face-to-face um, assessment centre processes, recruitment processes with other early careers employers over, over the years. So it was not deemed a category-specific survey, but we wanted to get their views on having been through the virtual process and having been through a physical on-site process with an employer preferences would be so one of the sort of um, uh, pertinent questions that we asked was okay you're given the choice to go to a virtual assessment center and a face-to-face having done both with different types of employers um, but in this circumstance you've got the same role same location same salary the exact same opportunities in front of you but given the option to go through this door which is virtual or this door which is which is tangible physical what would your preference be and, and interestingly what our assumption was that perhaps the candidates would be fairly split um, and evenly split but actually only 19% of 
of the early careers audience were actively preferring face-to-face. Over 40% actively said that they would definitely prefer virtual. Now that could be based on the experience they had with us or their employers virtually, um, but that was a bigger percentage than we expected. And the rest said they weren't fussed. So to have only less than a fifth say that they wanted physical on-site assessment centres as their strong preference uh, was, was a shock to us. What also married up with that was um, when we said the question, asked the question, uh, whether they thought face-to-face or virtual had, um, on a scale of one to five, and um, which had given them the best chance of portraying the best version of themselves, uh, we expected virtual to be much lower than, than face-to-face. Actually, what came out was a 4.2 uh, out of five um, for virtual and 3.9 for face-to-face. I think that is partly because of them being able to be more comfortable in their environment, they're in their bedroom, like, like me. Um, you know, it's it's on their home turf, so to speak. It's not the daunting going through the big doors or the employer as much as you can make that um, in, endearing. You can make it, you know, really comfortable for the for the person. You know, those nerves will still be there, and, and maybe that virtual setting allows them to portray themselves just that little bit more. And we all know in recruitment that little bit more might be that little bit more they need to secure an offer. Um, so that was really interesting, and I think um, um, you know we, we've sort of capitalised on that, and we've looked to see how we can further enhance our, our delivery of the virtual assessment centres going forward. That's really,
approach to internal mobility. Um, one thing we are seeing at the moment is a lot of um, people unfortunately being made redundant. I think it's fair to say this is going to be a growing trend throughout the remainder of 2020 and into 2021. Um, what is this doing? It's creating a massive talent pool. Now, what this highlights is how agile is a company's approach to internal mobility. How likely, how much do um, companies want to upskill and reskill their talent or, or perhaps take on talent that's been let go from another industry and be prepared to take that on and train it up? Um, and I think, I mean, there is possibly one argument out there that some companies are a little bit averse to um, spending money on training courses and development as well. This is something that's probably going to have to change because we're going to have a lot of people out of work, people who are quite capable of working. You know, redeployment is going to be a, a very big trend, really. So, yes, internal mobility is the um, other thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've made some really good points there. Um, Dan, what, what, what do you think about the, the, the future? Back to sort of survey findings, I did a bit of a poll on LinkedIn a few weeks back, particularly for the careers um, UK um, sort of network, and again, I was quite interested to see the results of this, and, and they did surprise me again. Um, again, this is a small data set, we're talking maybe 50, 60 responses, but um, it, it's not a bad starting point. Um, we, we asked, you know, going forward, um, from an early careers employer's perspective, your assessment centres in particular, will they be, uh, we'll be delivering 100% of them virtually, um, we go back to face-to-face -to -face, or will it be somewhere in between? 39% um, said they would be going through to do 100% virtual delivery, which could mean a fully digital end-to-end -end process for those early careers, new joiners into the business. We know they're receptive to the process, but obviously we've got the, um, you know, the sort of the, the Zoom Teams fatigue piece to, to bear in mind mental health issues, etc., that, that could accompany um, a, a fully digital, remote-based working young population who've got nothing to compare it against. I think in some respects, those who've been working face-to-face -face on the ground in roles, you know, people like ourselves on the call, we can probably be able to compare and contrast the two working worlds. They can't, they, you know, they, they don't have that level experience so it's going to be quite interesting to see what their experience is then with the face-to-face -face world in the years to come um so 39% said 100% virtual 29% said they would do 50 to 100% virtual assessment centers um 19% said they would do less than 50 and only 13% said they were going to go back to do full-time 100% face-to-face assessment centers only 13% so COVID has maybe sped up this digitalisation of assessment centres, maybe it's thrown us a curveball that was always potentially coming. I expected it to be much higher than 13%. It could also, we need to bear in mind, this could depend on sectors, it could depend on all types. Some assessment centres may be quite, um, the roles are behind, like quite physical, they might need some sort of uh, tangible type assessment centres. I'm thinking maybe there's assessments that are to do with manufacturing or, or assessments that, that will only determine whether you're a good fit for the role by doing that in a, in, in a real environment. Um, but I think, you know, selfishly from a, a technology perspective, um, you know, we're already um, working in that space anyway in terms of what we do day to day. Um, but there are some caveats we do need to bear in mind. Um, the, the fatigue 
sense and things like that, uh, particularly the fact that you're an audience that might come into the business, as I say, with nothing to compare it to, which could make it potentially uh, difficult, but it could add to some sort of complacency as well. She's talent acquisition director at PepsiCo, and um, we are both joined by Maria Katsunu, which I'm sure I pronounced wrong again. So I apologise, <laughs> and I even asked before how to pronounce uh, her, her name, and I'm sure I've done it. I've done her a disservice, but apologies for that. Um, but she's leading Europe's talent acquisition for Campus Projects at PepsiCo. So we've just had some really great viewpoints um, and some really interesting stats and, and, and strategies around how other companies classes online so for the promotion uh, on, of, of like and visit we're not really on their on their top priority so for us that have been a really big challenge no matter if you want to add something on this yes so effectively i mean all campus university visits and recruitment fairs are a core part of our early careers agenda all throughout the year and a really key part for us for the promotion of our uh, programs 
So as you mentioned, uh, first of all, it was a bit challenging for us because with the whole uh, COVID epidemic, we had to rethink and shift uh, all our live events to virtual events and achieve the same uh, results as we would have uh, as uh, the initial plan was. And so, but I have to say that uh, we were able uh, from uh, even from spring to make this uh, shift very quickly. increase those diversity targets using the, the digital approach. Yeah, and I guess that really touches um, really on the on the debt of 
dare to do more challenge. Sorry, tongue twister. Um, Marva, tell us, tell us a little bit about the the games and, and, and what is that challenge? Yes. So basically, the dare to do more challenge is a special process that happened in Mexico for recruiting last year students and uh, recent graduates. Uh, so basically, it's an open innovation competition and it's done uh, virtually. There are various countries uh, participating in open graduate programs from Mexico. So students and graduates need to apply. Uh, we ask them to send us uh, their ideas uh, on the next week in the next trend. How do they take the idea to market? So in this way, um, we are staying away from the traditional recruitment uh, processes and we are asking Basically, we have added uh, some games there, and the objective was to uh, help candidates learn more about uh, PepsiCo brands and culture uh, in a fun way, create moments of fun in the recruitment process, and not just um, have it as the assessment, but actually uh, boost candidate experience, create moments of fun, and make this connection Targeting people that had breaks in their career uh, and 
wants to come back to work. So female that had like maternity, long maternity uh, leave or, or male that had a long maternity leave too. Uh, so we are looking at investigating what are exactly the needs in our business unit because as again, as I said at the beginning, we don't want to do one campaign fit all of the needs in Europe because we know that there's some diverse uh, needs. So we are really in the phase of, of looking at the analytics at the moment and considering where are the challenges in terms of bias and how much can we change the um, diversity that we have and what are the things that we should uh, implement in, in each of the people. So um, looking at that, of course, gender is one. Age diversity, as we are talking about the, uh, the campus and the graduate recruitment. accelerating the technology and I think that's exactly what uh, all uh, our competitors are doing also uh, but I think we are looking at technology more on the end-to-end -end basis on like uh, of the hiring manager journey of the candidate journey and, and more like trying at the moment we really we're not into trying too many new technology uh, because I think uh, we, we have uh, a good set of technology but more integrating them in, in uh, a candidate experience so hiring manager end-to-end making sure that all those systems talk to each other uh, and don't create complexity instead of uh, making the process a bit smoother for the person that is uh, going through this. Sure, sure. And I guess there's so many different learnings as well, from moving to 100% digital recording, um, looking at the, the dare to more, the dare to do more, all of those virtual fairs, I mean, there must be a lot of different learnings and analysis. Yeah, but I think one of the points also is like not to take Turning into 
virtual um, events from recruitment fairs that were physical, but also that you spent some time really trying to um, get give Yeah, capability is a big, big topic for for PepsiCo and and uh, working remote 100%, dealing with your extra fatigue, this new fatigue of Zoom, dealing with uh, your mental health, dealing with your work-life balance, all those new skills that uh, we need to teach our teams and uh, and that we are really uh, focusing on developing capability for the manager also to be able to take 100% digital decisions, this type of things. Interactive, not to do that. Uh, I will just uh, speak from top of my head instead. So, um, moving into in-housing in general, I mean, we realized about five, six ago, five years, five, six years ago, that um, given that people are our greatest asset, uh, why would we give the ownership of selecting our people to a third-party provider? Uh, so we then made a decision to move in-house and did so globally. Uh, and uh, that was also part of us wanting to have a greater ownership, uh, not only of the gold medalist, but maybe uh, the, the entire long and short list. And we also um, thought that um, having more dedicated recruiters with, uh, with one focus, and that is being serving us and our agenda, and not necessarily a, a third-party provider who is more looking at the, uh, ringing the bell and, uh, and, and making a profit, but uh, rather making a long-term profit for us as a company. Uh, cost was an issue uh, because we have hired tremendously over the past uh, 10 years uh, since we were acquired by, by Geely. Uh, and um, I mean, since 2010, when we were 23,000 employees worldwide, we were last year about 45,000 people. Uh, so we increased for around 23,000 people in, in 10 years. Uh, and uh, in-house perspective, I would say over the past four years, we have hired approximately 4,500 to 5,000 people, and, and that's just in Sweden. And then, of course, uh, for the people around the world as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. So it's uh, giving you a chance to test the module, at least. <laughs> uh, definitely, most definitely. say that uh, I mean having um, dedicated recruiters that support a designated area so we don't have a ton of special uh, generalists that, that um, do everything um, 
and we have a more a um, let's say a functional um, where we divide our recruiters towards working either support, uh, towards R&D or our commercial business or our corporate functions etc so uh, that um, you have uh, specialists recruiting within the same area over and over and over again uh, so they're a candidate network their business acumen of our business uh, is, is highly uh, increased towards to being a more generous serving everybody uh, what we also committed to when we went in-house is to offer the same service uh, for internal recruitments as for external recruitments. And we do about 
and drive your managers. Uh, you cannot have two junior people. Uh, so I would say on average, the people have 10, 15 years of uh, either commercial or other in-house experience before they join us. Uh, and I also want to have a versatility that uh, in terms of not only being able to recruit, but uh, also um, um, be able to support with other parts. Uh, it could be succession, it could be um, um, organizational changes uh, where you need to look at um, at your setup from a different perspective. And that's where our recruiters are used quite uh, quite significantly. So it's not only about recruiting, it's only supporting the business with other, uh, let's say, manning-related matters. Okay, yeah, interesting. And, and, and when we were talking before around COVID, I mean, we've just heard um, both from PepsiCo and from Dan from Rob that there were quite a lot of um, advantages that they found in the, in the digital um, in the digital um, onboarding and the digital change. Um, do you feel that being in-house has really helped you to weather that, that, that crisis a little bit better as well? Why do you think that is? seniority of our recruiters. I mean, we've had a rather extensive redundancy process uh, in, in Sweden, where we have the majority of our white car workers. Uh, and um, there we actually switched the user recruiters to support the organization with uh, creation of uh, job and competency profiles. And uh, so we could use um, our in-house capacity towards something totally different than uh, they were hired for to do uh, initially. Um, so I would say that um, if you have senior people that, that have a good understanding and a deep understanding of their business area they're supporting, they will also be able to utilize in a different way than just bringing on board people, but then also helping out with potentially exiting people. Uh, and uh, so we have worked quite a lot over the past six months uh, supporting with that. And that took, of course, a lot of pressure off the remaining uh, HR staff, uh, who otherwise would have had to focus a lot on this. Uh, and we also were able to offer a different, uh, let's say, uh, um, thinking and, and, and ways of working, given that the recruiters had quite a long experience from the outside of the global world, uh, while uh, otherwise our HR population is quite seasoned, if one can say that. Uh, so there aren't that many, let's say, new ideas. So I would say that um, that mix of new and old uh, really uh, helped us out uh, and also brought a lot of value to the business. Yeah, okay, that makes good sense.
organization initially accepting how challenged they were by the recruiters when they came with their job descriptions or when they came with recruitment strategies and because they had their old way of working which they thought worked somewhat well for them and when we introduced a new model also a lot of focus on diversity inclusion and just how do you bring your name out there it was it was quite tough for them so it took about a year to really get the full commitment and trust from the organization be and we had to prove ourselves many many times before the line that actually said you know what this is superior value for us and the last and and most i would say important tip is and i've spoken with a lot of companies who want to adapt our model and that is hire senior people uh, and uh, because if you go cheap when you hire recruiters, um, you will get a uh, inferior product. Uh, so uh, they will cost a bit more, yes. Uh, and uh, it might upset some people that, that you bring on board recruiters who, who make quite a lot of money, but uh, your return on investment will come so much quicker uh, because at the end of the day, you, you get what you pay for. And uh, yes, my recruiters are somewhat higher paid than the average, I would say, especially in those functions. Uh, I mean, if we look at uh, uh, mid-senior to senior positions, I mean, a, a average recruiter uh, on my team manages between 35 to 45 of those recruitments, and that's quite a lot of uh, search included in those, which is substantially higher than, than most, um, uh, obviously, um, third-party providers can, can, can assist you with. And on top of that, they run between 75 and 90 internal recruitments as well. So, I mean, just the sheer volume they can manage, of course, with efficient systems and, and, a, and a good ATS, etc. Change uh, that's coming, and so it's important that we look at it both.
huge amount of opportunity that we've got through change as well. So that leaves me just to say a very big thank you to everybody. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Please do join us on our next one. And we'd love to hear any feedback, um, as always, from anybody, um, either panellist or um, attendee to this webinar. So a big thank you and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank, thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.